Welcome to Friendship with God. I'm David Cantor. Today, my father Tom Cantor will bring us another message from the Word of God. Today's message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. He gets a letter, and it's from Berlin. Oh, wonderful for my family. This is in 1938. And he opens up the letter. It's not from his family. It's from his, his, his Gentile friend. Oh, he says, my dear Simon, he writes, my dear Simon, I have risen very high in the SS. And he says, and I'm holding in my hand a list of Jews to be murdered. And I see on this list your mother's name, your father's name. Because you're my dear friend, the second page of this letter is a two-week pass. With this pass, you can come into Germany. No one will touch you. You can come to Berlin. No one will touch you. You can go to your house, and you can take your mother and father and brother and sister out of here. You can save them. And for two weeks, he begs, he pleads, he cries. He does everything he can. And he left empty. And they were murdered. We, we know. What was it that caused Simon Wasserman to do that? Because he knew. Because he knew. The rich man, the rich Jewish man that's in hell, and every Jewish person who's died without the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what? They know. It's too late. But they know. And we know, and it's not too late. That's the issue. Time is short. We don't have a lot of time. By the way, by the time I finish this message, four precious, more than likely, lost Jewish souls will enter eternity without Christ. Now, that's something. Time is short. And because you know, and I know, and we all know, that there is an eternal holocaust Simon's family, if you stay, you'll be destroyed. To our lost, precious Jewish friends, if you don't come to the one who said, I'll give you safety, you'll go through an eternal destruction. That's eternal, eternal Holocaust. You know what? You and I have, by, by, by banding ourselves to Jewish evangelism, you and I have joined the resistance fighters. That's what we've done. we joined the resistance fighters. Clap, clap for yourselves. Because we know where those train tracks end. We know that. We know there's no deportation to another ghetto. We know that, we know that without the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no going to a better place. We know that. We know hell is not a better place. We know there are no showers to get cleaned in. We know the truth about what Satan wants for the Jewish people. And he said it so clearly in John 10 when he said this. He said, I'm the door. I am the door. The only door. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he'll be safe. And he'll go in and out and find pasture. On the other hand, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. I am come that they might have life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. 
And we know, we know, as it says in 1 John 5.20, we know that the Son of God is come and given to us an understanding. We have an understanding. And so when we talk about unsaved, I never think about that as unsaved people, you know. Can you imagine somebody, you know, when their, their, their boat's sinking, you know. What's wrong? I'm unsaved. <laughs> I'm lost, you know, I'm dying, you know. Keep saying I'm saved. I'm sorry, I don't make that. All right. Uh, but with the loss, our lost Jewish friends, he says, we have an understanding that he's given to us. God has given to us. And what's the understanding? First John 5. This is the record, he said, that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It couldn't be more crystal clear. We know this is true. What do we know? There are two sides. The have the Son and the have not the Son. The life and the death. The heaven and the hell. The light and the darkness. The peace and the terror. The happiness and the torment. The joy and the crying, the sin and the holiness with the Lord Jesus Christ, without the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, we know that's the way it is. It's just what we know. And it's like we're in the Holocaust time. And because of this, it's this knowledge that has banded us together, united us together to, we, we can't stop the first death, but that's an event but we can stop and eliminate the second death, which is a state forever being cast into what the Lord calls the lake of fire. And you know the most horrible thing about it? No hope, no remedy, no purgatory. No, nothing. It's just that way. So, first, we evangelize the Jewish people because of what we know. Second, We evangelize the Jewish people because of who we love. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. We love him. And we love him so much that we, that when we see his mission, that we want to get married to that mission. Will you take this mission to be? Yes, I do. We want to be married to his mission. And what was his mission? It's given to us so clearly in Luke 19 when he was talking about Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day, there was a point in time. He didn't drift, but there was a point in time when he said, Salvation has come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, a follower of faith. For the Son of Man, and here's the mission, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Three words, come, seek, save. That's his mission, so simple. We love him, so we take his mission to be our mission. We love him so much. We evangelize the Jewish people because we love him so much that we feel his loss. You know, the Jewish people are not just our relatives. The Jewish people are his people. Did you ever think he cares more about them than we do? He loves them more than we do? He hurts more than we do when they are lost and in hell? He does? They're his very personal lost possessions. 
You know, he said in Isaiah 1-3, the great chapter where God calls heaven and earth and everybody stand at attention because he has a great announcement. And what's your announcement, God? I got bad kids. They rebelled against me. They're prejudiced. They will not consider. That's the definition of prejudice from Isaiah 1-3. My people doth not consider. And he lost them. And in Ezekiel 34, he says that there, he says, I'll both search my sheep. I'll go look for them. And he said, and I'll seek out my sheep and I'll deliver them out of places where they've been scattered in a cloudy and dark day. And when he came, when he came, God in the flesh, he said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. My friend at work, John, great guy. And uh, we traveled together. Uh, we used to travel uh, about four times a year over to Ethiopia. We have an operation in Ethiopia. Anyway, so we're traveling over there. I hate to lose things. And I, uh, I lost my charger. I know that doesn't sound like a big thing to you, but it was to me. On the airplane. I lost my charger on the airplane. I worried so much about that. I counted every rubber band after that to make sure that none of them were missing. Um, I gave that talk one time, and one of the pastors came up to me and gave me a rubber band. But anyway, um, the, uh, I lost my charger, and it just hurt me so much. I hate to lose things. You know, that feeling, where is my charger? Charger. Anyway, so I lost my charger, and I was thinking to myself, you know, uh, if John got off that plane after me and said, you know, I, I saw you lost your charger. How'd you know, John? Well, I saw it there. I saw you left it in the seat. Oh, good, yeah. Well, so where is it? Oh, I left it there. Uh, you know what I do? I'd look at him and I'd say, John, I thought you were my friend. But I know what John, John wouldn't do that. I know what he'd do. You know what he'd do? Because John loves drama. Drama. He would, he, would, he would put in his hand and he would say, I got something for you. I said, oh, yeah? Yeah. And he'd say, what is it? Well, come over here. And then he would, he would do it like this. He would take his hand out of the pocket real slow-like so I couldn't see it. And he would watch my face. Huh! He would do like that. That's John. And i go, oh, John, I lost my charger. You got my charger. Oh, you're my best friend. You know who the Jewish people are? It's what he lost. That's why they're called the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They are the personal loss of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we come into contact with them, we have a choice. Walk by, oh, I saw you lost something, Lord. Yeah? Did you, did you try to get it back? No. So, you know what would be great? To go to heaven, people, Jewish people that we have brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, you guys wait around the corner. And you go up to the Lord and you say, I got something for you. And you say, Oh, he'd say, you knew how much it hurt me that I lost that. And you brought, yep, I sure did, because I love you. That's why we evangelize the Jewish people, because we love him. We love him, and we feel what he lost. That's important. When he came, he was near to Jerusalem. It says that a certain nobleman, he said, he, he told this parable. He said, a, cer a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. You know this account. It's not a story. It's an account. Uh, ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till, he, till I come. And then it says something very interesting. It says, but his citizens hated him. They hated him. And they sent a message, we will not have this man to reign over us. And then you know what they did. That's why we evangelize, because we don't hate him. We love him. 
And he's given to us talents. He's given to us uh, resources and abilities. And he's saying, use it. Use it to find my people. And he says, and furthermore, he says, I put you as a watchman on the wall, he says in Ezekiel 33. And he says, you say, you say to the wicked man, you'll die. You're going to die. Say, tell him about hell. Not as your chief topic, but tell him how to avoid it. And warn him so that his blood won't be required at your hand. And if you warn him and he doesn't turn, you're, you're, you're free. But if he, if he turns, you, you did something wonderful. You won. You won one of mine back. Back. That's why we evangelize the Jewish people. Because of what we know and who we love. Time is very, very short. Mitch Glazer said in his talk, when the Warsaw Ghetto broke up, Jewish evangelism stopped. You know, we have a very, very short period of time in life. You remember this, the, 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 he told this, this account here in Luke 10, he talked about this certain rich man, he had a steward, and the man got a bad reputation, the steward, he called him and he said these words to him, he said, how is it that I hear this? He gave an account of his stewardship, and then the man heard these words, thou mayest be no longer steward. He said that. Thou mayest be no longer steward. And the steward said within himself, what shall I do? The Lord's going to take away from me my stewardship. I cannot dig. I can't beg. I'll go, you know. He was a very, very smart Jewish man. Anyway, he, he went and changed some contracts. Now, we would look at him and we'd say, he's a thief. He's a scoundrel. But the Lord commended him. You know why? Because he heard the message. Your time is short. You may no longer be steward. And he did something about it. And he said, that... Rabbi Jesus said, is a lesson for us. You know, all of us, we're getting older. We're getting older. I know I'm getting older. Maybe you're not getting older, but I'm getting older. Anyway, we're getting older and older, and just because of age, just because of life, we're going to hear, you can't do that anymore. You can't. You can no longer be steward over that anymore. Maybe you have a lost Jewish neighbor, a lost Jewish friend. When that Jewish friend, because of time leaves, goes into eternity, you lost your stewardship over that person. And so realizing this, the urgency of it all, what is God requiring of us? Do something! Do something! So how do we do it? Well, we do it with God's heart. A heart. That's what Jewish people read. They don't care about how many prophecies you have memorized in the cards in my here somewhere and I'll just tell you about they don't care about that they look at your heart they see it in your eyes they feel it in your handshake they see it in your your persistence because you love them because you don't view them as an object you view your encounter with them as a privilege given to you by God to come in contact with his precious lost soul his lost Jewish soul that's a privilege to be able to talk to them. I don't care how mean they are to you. And we have this, we have this, this, this heart. It says in Psalm 137, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, I'll tell you what, my right hand, this is my right hand, forget her cunning. If I don't remember you, I can't talk anymore. My tongue will cleave to my roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem, I love my chief joy. And he comes into the city and he cries out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. 
How could you do it? You killed the prophets. You stoned those that, we, that I sent to you. How often, he says, how often? He says, how often? All day long. How long can you hold your hands out? All day long, God says, I've stretched forth my hand to the people. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hand gathers under her wigs? And ye would not. Tragic words. Tragic words. You know what it's got to be for Jewish evangelism? If, if we don't get close to the lost Jewish person, make sure it's not your hand in the chest of that person. It's their hand in your chest. You're going to be like this. And if you can't get there, it's not you that's going, oh no. It's them that's saying, oh no. Because that's the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says when he got near the city in Luke 19, it said, and that was a passage about Zacchaeus where his mission and he said, Luke 19, he says, said, when he got near to the city, he says it wept over it. He wailed over it. You could hear him. Oh, it's too much. It's, not, it's the Lord. You could hear him, and he said, he said, if thou hadst known, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Teaching them the gospel is the Great Commission. He said, if thou hadst known, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they're hid from your eyes. You know, sometimes I do when I go to the, the mall and I see the Israelis in there. I, 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 I sometimes I'll just I say, no, watch me. And I'll take my wallet. And I say, what would you do? And I just drop my wallet and I walk away. And, and then they say, hey, you, and you say, you, well, I hope they would. I don't know. But anyway, I say, hey, you lost this. I said, that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm telling you what you lost. Because that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. If you knew what you lost. There's this sense of urgency about God. That needs to infect us. Because he says in, in Isaiah 40, verse 9, he says, oh, he says, Zion, bring us good tidings and get thee up into the high mountain of Jerusalem. Bring us good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength, he says. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ is your God. Behold your God. We want to be a faithful representative of him. So 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we as ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. We are, he says, you know, God loves to do this in the creation. He says, I create it. Now, Adam, I give it to you. And so he says, now I've made this wonderful plan of salvation. Now I give it to you. And he says, be a good ambassador for me. How do you do this? How do you do this? The first thing is that we have to recognize the heart of God, which is, as Paul said in Romans 9, it's, a, it's defined as a great heaviness and a continual sorrow that won't go away. To the point where Paul said, I'll make the great exchange. Tell you what, I'll go to hell if they can go to heaven. That's what he said. Now, our great example is, also, is, is John the Baptist. Great, great man. The Lord said, whew, hadn't been a greater born than him. Great example. And he was out there and we saw him and he was warning and he was, he was saying, turn to the Lord. And you say, how did he do that? Well, it was given to us at his birth in, in, in Luke 1 where it said he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. And then it says, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the way. How do we do that? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And what is the method? I don't know. But all I know is that you give it all you got. That's what it is. You give it all you got. 
you know, uh, um, 1970s after I received the Lord, I had a great inheritance from my father, $25. Actually never collected it even. You know, I'm going to make a protest. Anyway, $25. I was broke, as broke, as broke as you could be in this city. My wife was working over to Presbyterian Church. But I had a heart for the Jewish people. I said, oh, God, give me money. Give me money so I can reach the Jewish people. And he did. And now we have this company debt-free and uh, mortgage-free and investor-free. That's the best part. And um, <clears throat> 650 people on five continents. And, uh, and in, in 2009, when a company, Quest Diagnostics, tried to kill us financially because I was sounding off about how they were killing patients, well, you'd think they would just pass over. But anyway, so... <clears throat> They, they bought a patent so they could sue me in court. Five years were, went through court. Only had a million dollars in the bank. We were making our first investment at Ducati and planning on going to the bank for the $8 million we needed for that. And then the lawyers, our, our lawyers, our dear lawyers, anyway, charged us $8 million to defend ourselves. But during five years, the Lord Jesus Christ rained profits on a company that was not being minded because we were down at the courthouse downtown uh, with a judge that's another story. But anyway... Uh, and at the end of that time, I sat down with him and I said, the Lord Jesus Christ, that is, not the judge. I sat down with him and I said, you, um, I'll just take a razor blade and cut a word out of my dictionary. Coincidence, I'll never offend you with that word again. I said, you just saved the business. I said, you took care of the business. He said to me, you take care of my business. I'll take care of your business. He said, your, your business? <clears throat> your business? Chump change. For me, my business, souls, incredibly valuable. So uh, I said, okay, what are we going to do? What's in your hand, Moses? I don't know, Sir Throw it down. Look, it's being used for me. What's in your hand, a company? Okay, so each Saturday with our company, we, we, we get 118 missionaries together and pay them, and they knock on 25,000 doors in, in Los Angeles each summer for 12 weeks. We have 115 missionaries we send out to the key cities. We knock on about a million Jewish doors in Mexico City. We have 40 missionaries working every day, three call centers calling uh, Jewish people, full-time courier in Los Angeles, and we're looking to hire 50 more missionaries. Not with, with, uh, anyway, why are you doing all that? To give it all I got. Is it the right way? I don't know. But I'm going to give it all I got and trust the Holy Spirit. So, cap it up. Why do we evangelize the Jewish people? Because of what we know and who we love. How do you do it? With the Holy Spirit and all you got. Father, thank you so much for being the missionary evangelist that we follow. And help each one of us in this room, Lord, to have your heart to have your care, to have your broken heart, to have, Lord, your passion to reach your lost Jewish people. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom, your message comes across with such a sense of urgency. Why is that, and what is the driving issue behind today's message? You know, 
This can really be best be answered by a scene that was taken from Schindler's List, the movie Schindler's List. Such a disturbing movie about the Holocaust. But there was one part as a takeaway message, and it was at the very end, Schindler had dedicated his whole life to saving Jewish people. The more, the better. And he looked on this, they were his friends, and this one, and that one, and the other one. And he knew them personally as friends, and he wanted to save every single one. And he used his money and his resources to do that. But at the very end, when it was all over and the Holocaust was finished, he looked at his clean blue press suit and he looked down and he saw a gold pin and he realized, oh, he said, if I had just sold this pin, I could have saved two or maybe three Jewish people. But it was too late. It was too late because the time for him to do that had passed and he couldn't turn the clock back. And the time for us to save the Jewish people and all people so that they don't go into the eternal Holocaust is right now. And we don't want to get to the place of Schindler where we say, oh, if I had only, if I had done, if I had only, we don't want to be there. So this is a driving issue for us right now so that we can work together as much as we can so that there is really a never again. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow for another exciting message from my father, Tom Cantor. Today's message, as well as previous messages, are available for download at friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us at 1-800-247-3051 for a copy of today's message. Once again, that number is 1-800-247-3051. You can learn more about Tom Cantor by going to israelrestoration.org. If you'd like to contact Tom Cantor, please send an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook and receive a daily devotional thought from the Word of God. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again next week at this same time.